This is The Royal Report. Good evening, welcome to The Royal Report. I'm Caroline DeRusso. And here's what we've got coming up on the show tonight. Now, Princess Harry has suffered another legal defeat. We'll tell you why it could weaken future attempts at royal reconciliation. King Charles is reportedly firming up his succession plans, but not everyone is included. And the question on everyone's lips, where is Princess Catherine? Well, Esther Kraku joins us from London with the latest on that story. And it's been coming in from all angles this week. We'll dissect each of these issues throughout the show, but let's recap off the top. The online world went down the rabbit hole about the absence of Princess Catherine, so much so that the palace released a statement asking everyone to just cool their jets. She's resting at home. There's no need for ramp rampant conspiracies. Thomas Kingston, the son-in-law of Prince and Princess Michael of Kent, he sadly passed away. Prince Andrew was spotted prominent and smiling as he attended the memorial service for the late King Constantine of Greece. He's also splashed across the news in connection with the latest Epstein revelations. It's an issue for the royal family and it just lingers, refusing to go away. Harry has lost his case against the Home Office where he sought for the taxpayer to pay for his security whenever he's in the UK. And Megan, well, she's gone skiing. The King continues to receive treatment while remaining on light duties. Meanwhile, Queen Camilla, Princess Anne and Prince William continue to carry out the official engagements. They are like the support beams for the whole freaking show. And although the official workload is being managed, the strain is starting to show. Queen Camilla is taking a short break this week and all of a sudden there is one less senior royal to carry out official engagements. Now, this graphic produced by the Sunday Times in the UK shows the stark decline in royal family capacity since 2019. And with the health issues and age impacting some of those senior royals, one wonders if they can continue with their extant responsibilities. Something has to change, otherwise something has to give. Joining me now is News Corp columnist Angela Mollard and media writer for The Australian, Sophie Ellsworth. Now, ladies, just off the top, drama's on all fronts with the Windsors this week. Angela, it just feels like the family's constantly putting out spot fires. Oh, it does, doesn't it? And I'm really interested in the story about uh, Harry. I'm interested in uh, the um, death of Gabriella Windsor's uh, husband. And then, of course, that um, comment, as you mentioned, about from uh, Prince William about uh, personal reasons why he was not appearing at King Constantine's funeral. It just goes on and on, and the speculation becomes ever more febrile. I just think there needs to be greater clarity. I mean, the press office at the palace is very, very busy, understandably, at the moment. But I do think that we need very shortly to be hearing from Kate or having some update on, on her um, predicament. Now, if I was working in the press office, I would want a pay rise and a bonus. But, Sophie, from a media perspective, this constant barrage of reporting, how do any of us get any clarity around what's actually happening? 
Well, Caroline, I guess that's something that's been going on for a very long time uh, in the media landscape. The Royals are reported on every day of the week by, you know, dozens if not hundreds of publications. Uh, people can't get enough of news around the Royals, but there's obviously been a lot of bad news coming out of, uh, you know, what's happening with the Royal family, the you know, health issues with Prince Charles, concerns about Catherine, and the list goes on. So uh, I'm with Angela. I think there's got to be some good news hopefully coming out uh, from the royal family pretty soon because it's definitely been a tough few months. Or at least some clarity, totally. Now, Angela, Harry's long-running court action against the Home Office was lost this week. Can you run us through the decision and what's next? Yes, well, um, Harry uh, obviously had this claim against the Home Office because back in 2020, they made the decision that his private security, when in the UK, was going to be decided on a case-by-case -case basis. Harry challenged this uh, with the Home Office. It went to court, and the judge has uh, given a scathing finding. He said that there was uh, nothing irrational, unfair or inappropriate about the decision by the Home Office. And in fact, he said that uh, some of the questions that Harry was asking were inappropriate. Now, of course, this now has ramifications in terms of the cost of this court case, thought to be around about a million pounds when you in include Harry's costs plus the government costs. There's also obviously implications around security when Harry and Meghan, should she ever return to the UK, are about the security for them and their children. Will they have security? Will they have to pay for it themselves? Now, as you, as you recall, when they were in New York last year, that uh, situation in New York escalated. Uh, Harry is very reactive to any kind of paparazzi action and is highly protective of his, of his family, understandably. He he is thought to be going to appeal against this decision, so I don't think it's over yet. And Sophie, in Harry's other proceedings against the Associated Newspapers, look, we understand a decision has been made by the Culture Secretary and the Home Secretary regarding documents from the Leveson inquiry that differs from a ruling originally made by a judge. What does that mean for this particular proceedings? Well, really, Caroline, this is a small win for Harry because uh, documents from the Leveson inquiry that were meant to remain confidential have now been given the green light to be part of this latest action uh, about unlawful gathering of information. So this is a good thing for Harry uh, because there was concerns that he wouldn't be able to use these documents from the Leveson inquiry about the uh, unlawful gathering of information. So. Uh, he'll be, you know, pretty happy with this result, but there is still a long way to go in this court action. And as we know, Harry in court is becoming a common thing at the moment. Yeah, I still, I think a couple have wrapped up, but there's still a couple on his scorecard to go. Now, Angela also reports this week about King Charles' succession plans. Now, what do we know about this? Yeah, little has been said about this, but the suggestion is that he has been considering his succession plans. Look, I think it's very unlikely that a man of um, 75 coming to the throne late as he did, and now, of course, with that cancer diagnosis, would not be thinking about his succession. Um, he has two sons. He has plenty of heirs. I mean, there's a whole uh, catalogue of people from one to... I don't actually don't know what the number goes up to in terms of the number of heirs he has, but, of course, he has 
has William. But then, um, as we have seen in Denmark, when um, uh, Prince Frederick came to power, he then stepped out of the country. And because of the rules in that country, his 18-year-old son then became in charge, was, was in charge when uh, he was out of the country. Now, of course, were that to happen with if William were to become king, if the, if the um, current king, King Charles, was was to become infirm or, or the, and William had to step into that position, of course, George is just a 10-year-old boy. So there would be a lot of thought going into Yes, the slimmed-down monarchy, it was something that the, uh, Charles particularly wanted, but there are moments, particularly in the last few weeks, when you could question whether it has become too slim. So, yes, lots of uh, questions behind the scenes and just in terms of how that will happen and, of course, particularly what role, if any, Prince Harry would have in those succession plans. Yeah, absolutely. And Sophie, while King Charles, you know, he, he is on light duties, uh, we understand he is uh, working where he can, a bit behind the scenes, but how is he involving himself in the Commonwealth Day celebrations? So, Caroline, obviously this day is the second Monday in March each year. Uh, this year's different, you know, clearly for King Charles, given uh, his cancer scare. So he won't be doing anything personally other than uh, releasing a video uh, that he's put together that was shot at Windsor Castle. So this will be pleasing to uh, a lot of people around the UK and the world that he's, you know, well enough to do these sorts of things, but he won't be stepping out and doing anything in person, given that he is recovering uh, with his recent health issues. And Angela, just quickly before we move on to the next story, is this another one of those things where the royal family just wants people to see enough of Charles uh, so that they know he's, you know, well enough to be doing some work while, while keeping him on the bench, obviously, while he's having that treatment? I think very much so. I mean, we've seen him already. We saw him opening those cards. And I think this is part of, you know, as the Queen always used to say, uh, the late Queen, you have to be seen to be believed. And that's very much the ethos within the royal family. And even now when he has, you know, is, is fighting a very serious illness, just peppering uh, some engagements through it, um, obviously from the, from the comfort of his own home. But, yeah, seen to be believed. And Angela, just following on from that, uh, Camilla has been holding fort like an absolute champion the last few weeks. She's taking a short break. I mean, it makes it harder, obviously, because that means one less pair of hands, but it's pretty fair, isn't it? Oh, it's extraordinary. Yes, she, she's been doing a stellar job. I think she's done 13 engagements uh, since the announcement of uh, Charles having cancer. What's really interesting, Caroline, is that when I stood uh, outside the Ritz Hotel all those years ago in the 90s when Charles and Camilla came out for the first time, this was the first announcement of their relationship um, orchestrated by their then um, uh, sort of right-hand man, Mark Boland. Nobody at that stage could ever imagine that you would see Camilla heading up the entire royal family, but we've seen her do that and do it remarkably. It shows just the measure of her love for her husband and the love that she's grown to, to, to feel for the monarchy itself. I mean, one of these engagements, which I was, you know, just learned about, the, the day after she went uh, to Sandringham with Charles, after that diagnosis, she was due down to go, to go down to Winchester Cathedral for an event. 
and the weather was so bad in the UK that the helicopter ride she was due to take her there couldn't the helicopter couldn't take her off and she had to make a six hour return journey from Sandringham to Winchester I mean she's a woman of 76 that's a big ask when you've just learned that the man you love the partner the love of your life is actually suffering from a serious illness so all credit to her and she definitely deserves this week off <laughs> now, Sophie, Tatler has a great piece uh, about an exhibition of the King's Gallery, but apparently it's not what we might all expect. Well, Caroline, I must say I love an exhibition with the royal family and when I've been fortunate <laughs> enough to be in the UK, I'm always looking for which one is next. But this latest one will uh, showcase a lot of young photos uh, of the king, uh, also of his late mother, Queen Elizabeth. There's some beautiful photos, uh, some there on screen that people can have a look at. And look, tickets are already on sale for this exhibition that runs from May through to October, so there's plenty of opportunity to see it and it'll be a lot of access to photos that people, the public, have never seen before. So definitely well worth the wait and, in my view, be well worth checking out. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Angela, Prince William, he's obviously continued with a number of official engagements, obviously, while still trying to uh, spend extra time with his family. What's he been up to this week? Yeah, he must be a busy guy at the moment, looking after a sick wife, three <laughs> children, and actually having to do prince, you know, duties as well. Look, he's been busy. He went to a synagogue, which was uh, an engagement that was actually delayed from earlier in the year. He and uh, Kate were both supposed to go to this. And this, of course, this visit to the synagogue came after he made those fairly um, uh, sort of outspoken comments about uh, what was happening in Gaza. He called for, he, you know, he, he called for just short of a ceasefire, really. Really. So going to speak to um, victims of the Holocaust, um, well, people that are uh, adjacent to, to the, the suffering that occurred in the Holocaust to learn more about that. And he and Kate, as he said, are very concerned about the rising uh, degree of anti-Semitism in, uh, in England at the moment. He also visited Wales. And we have to remember that he is the representative of Wales. One, you know, one of the, he's the sort of head of that country. And he, he uh, went to Wrexham in Wales. He did many engagements that day at football club he met with young children he met with uh, the um, survivors and or family members of the mining disaster that had taken place in, in Wales so he very much is still doing his day-to-day -day work after that little hiccup that we saw uh, him not attending King Constantine's funeral for a uh, memorial for personal matters yeah, he's definitely got plenty of balls in the air at the moment. Angela Mollard, Sophie Ellsworth, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Now, coming up, the palace has hit back against P Princess Catherine conspiracy theories. But where is she really? Esther Kraku joins us from London to give us all the details. My name is Manny Karoudis, and I'm a former New South Wales policeman turned investigative reporter with a passion for missing persons cases. I'm here to quickly tell you about our True Crime Australia podcast, The Missing. In this series, I look at old missing persons cases which have all gone cold in an attempt to try and uncover new information which could help see these missing people reunited with their loved ones or any form of clue that could bring these families closure. The Missing is available now wherever you get your podcasts and early and ad-free on Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts. 
welcome back to the show. Joining us now is writer and broadcaster Esther Kraku. Esther, plenty of chatter this week about the whereabouts of Princess Catherine, and it got pretty conspiratorial. Yes, for some reason, the internet has, has, has seemingly lost its mind. Uh, Princess Catherine has been subject to so many conspiracy theories this week. Uh, people are trying to uncover the nature of her, her surgery and, and, and her illness um, that uh, necessitated uh, this medical intervention. And unfortunately, the palace has had to step in to, to release a statement on behalf, asking people to respect her privacy. Uh, you know, they understand they're disappointed that she's had to cancel her engagements, um, but she is recovering well. Obviously, the priority is for her recovery and obviously the, the safety and well-being of her children, who are no doubt dealing with their mother um, being out of action uh, for the next uh, few weeks as well. I mean, some of the conspiracy theories, I have to admit, they did make me laugh. Um, there's a meme going around on the internet, assuming that, uh, or, well, saying that Princess Catherine underwent a BBL surgery. Uh, so she may very well be the first Kardashian of the royal family if Meghan Markle doesn't beat her to it. Um, but in all seriousness, you know, it's, it's not very nice for people to try and uncover the nature of, of, the, of, sort of your medical intervention and, and intimate medical details. And unfortunately, uh, the Princess of Wales has had to deal with this. The, the public seems to be getting quite rest, restless and anxious um, over the fact that she's no longer uh, kind of in the picture at the moment. Um, but hopefully this statement released on her behalf will, will put an end to it and we will not be seeing uh, Princess Catherine, uh, the, uh, the, the Princess of, of uh, Kardashian land. <laughs> Eyebrows were also raised earlier this week when Prince William pulled out of a memorial service for his godfather, the late King Constantine of Greece. Do we know what happened here? So that's another mystery that's, again, fueling conspiracy theories because the palace only said that he had to drop out due to a personal matter that's unrelated uh, to the Princess of Wales's health. Um, so assuming we're assuming that everything is at least stable on that end. But again, we don't know. There's so many members of the royal family, high-profile members of the royal family, that have had to drop out of engagements. Um, well, obviously, the king, is, for obvious reasons, because of his cancer diagnosis, the Princess of Wales, because she's recovering from quite a, a serious uh, medical intervention in the form of abdominal surgery. Uh, and now uh, Prince William had to drop out of, of his Godfather's uh, memorial service, but he is he is um, back, back and he's out and about, and he was seen at a synagogue in, in London a, a few days ago. Um, so I suspect it was a one-off thing. He didn't actually cancel sort of an official engagement on behalf of the state. It was, uh, you know, a memorial service for his Godfather. So it was certainly a personal uh, matter um, in, in that regard, anyway. And it was something that came up that had to, you know interrupt that. And that all happens. You know, people take time off work sometimes a day or two for, for personal reasons. So I think people are more understanding of that. It's obviously uh, the other members of the, work, the royal family that are drawing a bit more concern. Speaking of Prince Andrew, the front page of today's Daily Mirror has a splash about a fresh Prince Andrew bombshell. Look, I'm not sure his family can take much more of this. What's happened this time? So, again, Prince Andrew has been dragged, you, you might say, kicking and screaming back into the spotlight because a judge has ordered for uh, more documents involved in the, the Jeffrey Epstein case to be released, to be made public. And unfortunately, that does mean that wherever Epstein goes now, Prince Andrew will follow, even if this has nothing to do with him. His name will forever be attached to, to this disgraced, convicted um, paedophile. Now, I've been recommending that... Uh, 
Prince Andy be banished to a small village in India where he must volunteer for the rest of his life away from cameras. Um, but unfortunately, that seems a bit radical for the royal family. But something must be done. Some Something must be done because the public cannot keep stomaching this disgraced uh, prince who, if he was anyone else, would not have been given as much grace as he's been given, certainly not by his family and, and not by the public. Uh, he still seems to be living lavishly in, 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 in his royal residence. And it really irks the public that someone like this has seemingly got away with something, or even at the very least, not been proven, uh, not been proven innocent. Uh, he, he, this, his case with uh, Virginia Giuffre never went to, to, to trial, um, and he settled out of court, even though he claimed to have never met this woman. There's so many distasteful details uh, that keep coming up, and the public are keep getting reminded of when it comes to Prince Andrew. But unfortunately, you know, every time something comes up. Jeffrey Epstein, so does Prince Andrew and, and the fact that he had to leave public life in such disgrace. I really do think that the king should consider doing something a bit more drastic, a bit more permanent, probably get him a, a one-bedroom flat in Stevenage or something. Now, look, you recall uh, Meghan and Harry's infamous New York car chase last year. Apparently, some new details have come to light. What are they? Yes, so the NYPD has uh, released some footage and, and released a statement uh, attesting to the fact that uh, Harry and Meghan were involved, not necessarily in a catastrophic car chase, uh, as they worded it, but they were being pursued relentlessly um, by paparazzi who had no regard for traffic regulations in a heavily congested city like New York. Uh, fortunately, no one was hurt, but the, the police does have enough um, footage and evidence to arrest two people. Um, we also know that the NYPD provided a statement for Prince Harry's uh, lost case, uh, lost high court case, with regards to uh, the withdrawal of his automatic right to publicly funded armed security here in the UK. Um, so we know that something did happen where there, were, there was clearly disregard for, for public life, uh, for, for innocent bystanders and pedestrians in pursuit of getting that kind of money shot of, of the, the, the Duke and, and Duchess of Sussex. Um, and the NYPD have attested to it. Now, whether this, this was kind of the Grand Theft Auto uh, version that Meghan and Harry seem to allude to, whether it was, you know, high-speed car chase with flashing, blinding lights and, and people going haywire and cars tipping upside down. Clearly, that was not the case. I mean, when, I, I think we remember because we spoke about this when they released a statement about their, their catastrophic car chase. You know, most people were curious. You cannot have a car chase in, in New York. There's, there's such a congested city. It's like having a car chase in London. You get to Battersea within five minutes uh, after driving for, 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 you know, for what felt like eternity. Uh, so at the end of the day, uh, you know, clearly there are paparazzi and there are people that push the line. There's no doubt about it that push the envelope to try and get footage of members of, in this case, former members of, of the royal family. Um, and it is it is a problem. It is extremely uh, dangerous. Um, now, unfortunately, that evidence that the or statement that the NYPD gave um, to support Harry's case didn't uh, change the outcomes of things. We still know that Harry lost his case uh, to challenge his automatic. Uh, rights to armed security here in the UK. And I suspect that will have implications moving forward of his frequency, the frequency of his visits, whether Meghan will even come over with their children, whether they'll just stay in and want to see each other because they feel like they've been forced out with no option. Um, we'll have to see. Esther Kraku, searing observations as per usual. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, royal families are generally a well-documented part of history, but a recent archaeological discovery in Denmark has unearthed a royal family in the area of Elmalev, which was previously not known to exist. Now, a ring has been found 
and its design is similar to those worn by the influential Merovingians, a familial line which ruled the Franks from the 5th century until 751. Now, Christine Pomegaard of the National Museum in Denmark said that not only does the ring announce the arrival of a new family, but it also links Elmalev to one of the biggest European power centres of the Iron Age. And that's the show for tonight. Thank you for joining us. Up next is Newsnight. We'll see you next week. A troubled young woman. Her evil parents. We never had any issues between us. Has justice been done? Uh, I'm in a prison. Join journalist Richard Gilliatt as he delves into one of Australia's most gripping cases. Shadow of Doubt, a new podcast investigation from The Australian. I cannot find one of these allegations that's possible. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts.